to PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein. Today we're meeting with Andrea Paxman, DO, FAAP, the Dean and Chief Academic Officer of the Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine program at PCOM Georgia. Dr. Mann began work this spring at the Swanee campus during a remarkably challenging period in the college's history due to COVID-19. The challenges continue. Students, faculty, and staff are now transitioning back to campus, while a number of very experienced faculty members are retiring. Dr. Mann is the right person for this position. She describes herself as a solid, flexible, optimistic, and introspective leader who is approachable and never backs down from a challenge. Dr. Mann most recently served as the Assistant Dean for Clinical Education, Chair of Pediatrics, and Associate Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the Jerry M. Wallace Campbell University School of Osteopathic Medicine in North Carolina. She has 20 years of experience in academic medicine with close to five years at the Dean's level with a record of accomplishment as a leader, administrator, educator, innovator, mentor, and advisor. A graduate of Mount Holyoke College in Hadley, Massachusetts, Dr. Mann earned a Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine degree from Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine in Erie, Pennsylvania in 1999. She completed an internal medicine and pediatrics residency at Case Western Reserve Metro Health Medical Center in Cleveland, Ohio, our hometown. Welcome, Dr. Mann. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So I've got a couple questions for you, and, I, and I'm going to call you Andy. Okay, so please Andy, do. <laughs> please share with us how you plan to be successful in your new role. Well, that's a really important question. Um, I've spent the last several months meeting with many folks, many of the key players in Swanee and Philly uh, and in Moultrie. I really wanted to submerge myself in the current culture by speaking to as many people as I possibly could. So I met with students, faculty, staff, a bunch of administrators, board members, and members of our community. Uh, I really wanted to learn about the history of the college and understand what was going well and what could be improved moving forward. I found in this analysis that the people at PCOM are very, very hardworking and deeply rooted in tradition, yet open to change and innovation. So to be successful in my role, I plan to embrace the current culture and then move forward with a positive momentum. I'm really determined to create a can-do environment um, that is innovative and integrated with basic science and OMM and student-centric, clinically focused, but still rooted in osteopathic tradition and pedagogy. I feel really lucky to have joined PCOM in this unprecedented time uh, because during the last year, the PCOM community has really joined forces to support each other and enhance and grow the curriculum and then develop new and standardized processes. So with that being said, I hope to continue to support this college-wide strategic plan and current campus initiatives. Our individual 
campus mission is to recruit and retain students from Georgia to ultimately practice in our communities and further contribute to the state's healthcare workforce. So in order to fulfill this mission, I really plan to work with our local and statewide education and clinical partners to collaborate and set a new high standard for medical education in the state. I know that our PCOM students really bring something special to the table, and I'm going to highlight uh, their unique qualities and share them with our community. And lastly, to be successful, I really feel like I need to follow my own personal why. My genuine commitment lies in the shaping of exceptionally and extraordinarily competent and knowledgeable physicians who are equally compassionate and empathetic, who deeply care for and understand the whole patient. And to this end, uh, I will work with the Georgia campus and the college to ensure that our students are receiving the necessary education to become the most outstanding osteopathic physicians they can be. What do you see as your biggest challenges facing you and your leadership team in the coming academic year? Well, I really see challenges as opportunities for growth and improvement. So first top of mind in this is our campus reopening and returning to our more normal way of live in-person instruction. So even though most are excited to return to campus, This may be a challenge for some students, faculty, and for some staff. They may be apprehensive or resistant to reacclimating to this new normal. So it's important to remember, though, the positive impact this pandemic has had on our ability to function. And some would argue even excel in this new Zoom world box that we live in. In this transition, we really have an opportunity to develop a new, uh, slightly perhaps hybridized approach using the lessons that we have learned this last year and to utilize the techniques that worked in our new normal world. So another challenge that we're facing on our campus is faculty turnover. As you mentioned, many of our outstanding faculty are transitioning to a well-earned and well-deserved retirement. And as much as I'm saddened by their void, they're leaving, I'm really encouraged by the opportunity to bring a new fresh set of eyes and energy to our curriculum and to our campus. And I would say lastly, in our ever-changing climate of medical education, I'm considering the challenges of seeking and securing training sites in the state of Georgia. And this is not a uniquely uh, difficult position just for our college, uh, but for all medical schools across the country. I'm looking forward to really growing and our existing connections and nurturing new ones. And I hope to build relationships with collaborative partners to build and develop opportunities for our students to train. And again, like I mentioned before, our mission at PCOM Georgia is to recruit students from the region and encourage them to stay and practice in the state. And this likely, this mission is more likely to be fulfilled if we can establish our strong clinical partners here. And just in general, what's your leadership philosophy? Well, first I wanna say that I feel really fortunate to be in this position as a leader. And I've spent a long time really considering what kind of leader I have been and what kind of leader I plan to be in the future. And first, I always remember to keep the mission of the college in the front of my mind. 
but also I support my personal mission in the forefront as well. So to help our student doctors to be great and to be generally caring and compassionate for each and every whole patient, it's important that I keep that personal mission in my mind. So second, it's crucial for me to continually operate with presence and mindfulness. And I'm very lucky because I had parents who were role models for me on this. Both my parents were really positive, happy, kind and compassionate, caring and really collaborative people. They valued everyone they met, no matter who they are or who their or what their job was. And I try to honor my mom and dad's memory every day by attempting to function in a similar way. Uh, I'm a primary care provider. I'm an internist and I'm a pediatrician. And of course, in that role, I need to be knowledgeable and current in my approach to patient care. But also, I need to approach every patient as their guide and as their coach. And I need to be a cheerleader for my patients. I need to always educate them and empower them to take control of their health, to live a long, healthy, and fulfilling life. So in my role as a leader, I really mirror this relationship with my patients. So I aim to empower people to be the very best versions of themselves. I share my thoughts and my rationale on decisions that we make together. And I collaborate with them to help nurture their ideas. I like to lift people up and thank them for what they do. And last but not least, I like to encourage a fun-loving and happy environment. Because at the, really, at the end of the day, laughter is the best medicine. So now I have some questions for you. Okay. Now the tables are turned. So what is your top priority for both the college and the Swanee campuses in the next five years? You know, it, it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm going on year seven and the same priorities that existed when I first started are still here. And that's to continue to build out clinical experiential learning for our students and all of our clinical programs uh, to foster new relationships with hospital systems and providers, to grow GME in both Georgia and Philadelphia, to, you know, and Pennsylvania for that matter, to the best of our ability, you know, with Virgin Hospitals to try and convince them to become teaching hospitals. And really, uh, more so for Georgia than Philadelphia, both Swanee and in Moultrie, is to develop a clinical footprint. Because currently we really don't have a clinical footprint and, and that we embed ourselves in the communities that we serve. You know, as an institution, we're, we're committed to underserved care in both rural and urban communities. And we have an opportunity to do that in the greater Atlanta area, as well as in Moultrie. And that's something that's a priority. And my second one really is just to continue to build diverse campuses in terms of student body, faculty, and staff. And we're making significant progress in those venues and we'll continue to do so. So I, I would say those are, those are my top priorities for the institution as a whole and for Georgia specifically. Okay, great. So, well, you sort of answered one of my other questions, uh, but you mentioned you wanted to establish a clinical footprint in Georgia. How do you think we're going to do that? I'm going to say, Andy, go build a <laughs> clinical footprint in Swanee, Georgia, and you're going to get it done. 
But okay, uh, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> I think, you know, we have an opportunity to be creative. And I know you're innovative and creative. I think we have a great opportunity to partner with FQHCs and, uh, and other and lookalike clinics that are primary care focused, that, that can we easily you know, can provide student rotations and we can supply, you know, faculty and clinical support. So we're not, you know, building from scratch an outpatient healthcare delivery system. I also think that in today's world of telemedicine, there, there's more than one way to be a clinical delivery model. It doesn't have to always be face-to-face. And we could conceivably build out a telemedicine component as well. So, you know, I think there are creative ways we can do it and, and even partner with existing healthcare integrated delivery systems that want to have more of a primary care presence that want to, you know, would consider taking our students and that we could work together in partnership to provide supervision and clinical education. I think it benefits everybody, but really to, to be, to have a community presence is what it's all about to be part of the community, not just from an education, but from the healthcare delivery perspective. Because we have a lot to offer. I mean, we have physical therapy with Swanee, we have physician's assistants, we have pharmacy. I mean, we, we've got a clinical team that I would love to see working together in, in a clinical setting as a real team, real interprofessional education, not in a classroom, not in a case simulation, but a hands-on environment. And I just think that's a tremendous value to the education as well as to the community. I would agree. I would agree. So I guess my last question then for you is from your seat as the president of one of the original osteopathic medical schools and your experience in the healthcare field, what do you view as the biggest challenge facing medical education today? I think the greatest, there's a couple. First, we're the victim of our own success. So, you know, when I graduated, there were six osteopathic schools. Now there's 44. There were 25% of the physician workforce. And from a training, you know, white coat space, there's just not enough white coat space anymore because of all the consolidation in the industry with hospitals closing or merging. Also, not every hospital wants to be a teaching hospital. There's a lot of for-profit hospitals that just don't do teaching. And we've got more white coats. We've got physician's assistant program growth, of which we have two programs, nurse practitioner growth, as well as the allopathic medical schools are growing as well in terms of class size. So getting that, you know, the, the right experiential experience from a clinical standpoint is a real challenge. And healthcare itself is changing so rapidly. You know, when we were in school, 80% of the care was inpatient-based. Now 80% of the care is outpatient-based. But yet the training models haven't adapted to that yet, especially in graduate medical education. So we need to figure out how we can grow graduate medical education in the new world. And the delivery of care with the advent of technology and telemedicine we don't know what the projections are going to be like. Everybody says, oh, there's going to be 30,000 primary care physician shortage in the next 10 to 20 years. Well, based on what delivery model? Is that based on a face-to-face bricks and mortar model? Or is that based on one physician that can handle 5,000 patients in a Zoom box? Because that's how they practice. So, but there's always change. The profession's always adapted and we'll, we'll continue to innovate and adapt. 
so that we'll be successful. Great. Thanks for answering my questions. Okay. Well, thanks for answering mine. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Andy, for joining us today. I look forward to working with you as we continue to move Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine forward. To listen to past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.